0: My brethren, thank you for tuning into The Grateful Yardi presents AEW Dynamite in a 30 minutes or less. It's your boy Drew giving you the lowdown on the April 21st edition of AEW Dynamite live and direct from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida on TNT and up here in the great white north that had snow on TNT. TSN, let me get it right. But well, before we jump into all of the action there, folks, you can always find me on Twitter. That is Wrestling DRrestling99. On Instagram, Drew underscore Wrestling 99. If you want to go a little old school and you have some comments, some concerns, you want to join me on a recording, talk wrestling or anything in between, you can hit me up with an email at MR. So Mr. Drew Wrestling 99. I'm part of the graduating class of 1999 at gmail.com. Let me say it one more time. Drew. No. Let me get it right. Mr. Wrestling. No. No. no Mr. Drew Wrestling 99 at gmail.com. Let me get it right. No. My own darn email. So let's get into it. Dynamite Open. Opening theme aired and the announcers hyped the lineup of matches. This seems like an adjustment to the format now that NXT isn't opposing Dynamite anymore on Wednesday nights. And even Triple H said it, it was an unassuming war. It was more of the fans creating up this nostalgia act from the Monday Night Wars and made it the Wednesday Night Wars. It wasn't really a war. It was just, to me, I always feel like NXT is the triple A team of the WWE. They have great players. They have guys and girls that will be, will be elevated, which we've seen with Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley that were down in NXT and went to the major leagues and are tearing it up. But let's go over to the AEW Dynamite universe and talk about the first match of the night on this edition of Dynamite it was absolute Ricky Starks with Taz's son Hook in his corner, Going one on one against Hangman Adam Page. And the finish of the opening contest of AEW Dynamite. Trust me, they do not pay me to say it. And you could probably turn it into a drinking game if you wanted to by listening to this podcast. Uh the finish came when Adam Page went for a buckshot lariat, but Ricky Starch ducked and speared Page for an a believable near fall. Page escaped a power bomb attempt and then took. took Starks over with an inverted hip toss followed by a submission hole wrapping both Starks' head and his injured ankle and Taz said his ankle is bad. Damn it, Starks tapped out and your winner in nine minutes was Adam Page. This match was a really good match, good pacing, good selling, interesting reversals, hard effort and some exchanges felt like a real battle for leverage rather than seeming super silky smooth. Like choreographed in a sense. But after the match, Taz called for Paige's attention. Taz told Hangman Page to watch his back. Then his son Hook clipped Adam Page from behind and stomped on him. Page then kicked Hook in the face and fought both Ricky Starks and Hook off. Then Brian Cage came, walked out, and picked up Adam Page to set up a power bomb, but the dark order ran out for the save and Teams has retreated. There we go for commercial. Then we come back from commercial break. You have to always pay your bills. Make sure you pay the lady, pay your tools. It's important you do so. Tell the them for do so too. Tell the kids it's important to you pay your bills. But we come back from that and there showed the young bucks, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows. Don Callis and the AEW champion entering in a their private trailer outside of Daly's place with Brandon Cutler filming them like we've been seeing over the last few weeks with Sami Zayn on Friday Night SmackDown. Which takes us into match number two of the night, which is Penta El Zero Mero with Alex, and I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm going to say Alex A, which is the Spanish-announced guy, so pretty much being Penta's translator Versus Trent, Beretta, and his best friend, one of his best friends, Orange Cassidy, in his corner. And the finish of this match came when Trent went for a spear onto Penta. Okay, Trent speared Penta onto the floor. Then Trent sat up and showed some fire, so some gusto. Then Alex A got on the mic and said Penta told him that Trent's friends and his friends suck. And you know what sucks the most is that it's Trent's mama sucks the most. That got Trent bent up. And Trent grabbed the chair. Alex exit or entered the ring. And the ref ordered Trent to put down the chair, put down the chair. And Cassidy, Orange Cassidy came, entered the ring and made a move towards Alex A. But then Penta kicked Orange Cassidy from behind first. Alex then hit Trent with the microphone as the ref went to check on Orange Cassidy. Penta then gave Trent Beretta, a package pile driver for the one, two, three, and your winner is Penta in 10 minutes. Then we go to a sit-down interview with Jim Ross. Good old JR is with the pinnacle, and JR asks MJF's reaction to Jericho's interview from Dynamite two weeks ago. MJF said Jericho got one thing right. The scarf is worn out. MJF said Tully Blanchard got him a gift. Wardri- warlord un- unwrapped the gift from Tully Brancher. it was a new silky star scarf JR felt the scarf and said it was nice warlord asked if th- if if um, jim Ross thought um jericho's promo was immoral warlord said jericho's promos are great but not as not on the level of mjf mjf said that jericho has been leading this injury for years now for years until now mjf says so jericho called the so-called jericho rub it consists of jericho wrestling people fans already want to see and then claiming that their their popularity is because of jericho jericho list or not jericho mjf listed off kenny omega adam page cody john morrison or john moxley um Orange Cassidy, and now himself, MJF. MJF said, third, for 30 years, Jericho has been out, outsmarting everyone until Jericho met MJF. MJF states, and I quote, I'm the only guy you couldn't hold underneath your thumb. MJF says he's great, period. Wow. Jericho was curtain jerking on WCW Worldwide, which was an old school show, which most people don't remember at his age at 24 or 25 years old. old MJF is MJF said the pinnacle is the best faction in professional wrestling period today. MJF continues on and says that he already beat Jericho, which makes him better than him. And he knows it, so he this. So uses his catchphrase there. MJF um, told Jericho to try to beat him because he'll be trying to do the same thing. MJF said If Jericho got one thing right in his immoral promo, it's that he's a mark. MJF says he's not a mark for Chris Jericho, but he's a mark for Chris Jericho's spot, and he will be taking it on May the 5th. And then MJF closes his promo by saying, when you're the pinnacle, you're always on top. MJF was tremendous here, both with his delivery and the content. Warlow got a chance to show his blooming promo potential here in this segment. This doesn't give off some some of the same vibes when John Cena and The Rock went back and forth during their feud a few years ago, alternating weeds, trying to do outdo each other on promos. Then we see a video package of Tayakante and Sheeta, which takes us into match number three, which is for Sheeta's. AEW Women's Championship so it's Hikaru Shida versus Taya Conti for the AEW Women's Championship and the finish of the championship match came when Shida lifted Conti onto her shoulders then leaped off and dropped leaped and dropped Conti onto the top turnbuckle. She fell to the floor. That's Conti fell to the floor. Shida then went for a spinning kick mid ring but Conti ducked and landed a pump kick Then Conte hit her finisher, the the Tay KO, for a a believable near fall. She set up for a DDT next, but Shida sat out on it for a near fall. They exchanged mid-strikes in the ring. Then Shida hit a backbreaker fellow by a spinning side knee to the jaw for the win. And Shida retains her title in 13 minutes. Really good match. Really good match there. And Ashida was celebrating at the end of this match and Dr. Britt Baker walked out onto the stage and pointed to a graphic showing the rankings. Then it converted her to the number one ranking. Raw said that was fast. Excalibur said that she got some help from the graphics department. And Ashida just continued on celebrating her title defense win. Then there's a promo by guy formerly known as Rusev. So Miro was out. And Miro says he needs his vindication. He took things at Kenny Omega and Darby Allin. Miro says, if you have a title, you have a problem with Miro. And then the question is now, what champion does he beat up first? With this promo, this is what we've been asking from Miro since he joined AEW over a year ago. It was well-produced, right to the point, was straightforward. And in the end, you knew exactly what Miro's goals were and what his approach to achieving these goals will be. Then Tony Giovanni introduces the inner circle. Chris Jericho leads his faction to the ring. The crowd sang Judas. Jericho smiled with pride. And throughout, Jericho then said he didn't care what MJF said because the fans just brought the energy. Jericho talked about bloods and guts. Jericho said it will be one of the most violent matches ever on TNT. Then Jake Hager said when they're done, the pinnacle will be sucking their meat through straws. Then Jericho asked Sammy Cabrera, how do you say straw in Spanish? Sammy butchered it because Sammy doesn't really speak Spanish. Then Santana gets on the mic and says that since FTR has arrived in AEW... Um, Santana Ortiz have been calling them out and saying they want to wrestle the best. Santana says FDR waiting until they got a little crew. And Santana said it's smart on their part, but where they come from, where Santana Ortiz comes from, or where the inner circle comes from, we call that bitch moves. Santana continues on and says... They've seen the color of their own blood, but on May the 5th, they're going to see the size of their heart. That means the pinnacle in the blood and guts match. MJF said, or not MJF, Jericho said, MJF chat too blood clot much. I had to add in the pot, why well, that's so, trust me. Him chat too much, but he never hears conviction. Jericho says it seems that like MJF is reciting lines from a high school theater class that MJF teacher gave him to memorize. Jericho continues on, and he thinks MJF is still singing show tunes on Rosie O'Donnell, which MJF did when he was a little pitney, when he was a little youth. Um, Jericho says he can sing show tunes too. Jericho sang about MJF being a dip shit or a fussy as we would call him, and talked about how Jericho shoved MJF's head in a toilet, which you shouldn't really do during any time. It's just not right. It's juvenile. Jericho said, it is fun to make jokes about MJF. And him jerk off bridging them, but at blood and guts it's gonna be uh the level of violence, the pin, it's gonna be a level of violence that the pinnacle will never forget. Jericho said he's going to beat the living hell out of MJF. Jericho said that's not a line from drama class. Jericho says it's the the worst is yet to come. Jericho got all tense and said the inner circle will own the pinnacle's box side come May the fifth. And we go to commercial break. When we come back from commercial break, we go into match number four, Billy Gunn versus QT Marshall. And the finish of this match went, came when Billy Gunn rolled back into the ring while Marshall took control for a minute. Billy made his comeback. Marshall rolled to the stage after Billy blocked a diamond color. Anthony, a go-go, punch Billy Gunn in a him, gut, in a belly. Marshall then hit the diamond cutter for the one, two, three, and QT Marshall won that match in about six minutes. This match served the purpose well. Then after the match, Anthony Gogo handed Marshall a wooden chair, and as, as QT was about to use the chair and lick Billy Gunn upside in his head, the former Gold Dust Dustin Rose ran out with a bull rope and stopped QT Marshall. Dustin took Marshall, including landing his signature snap. Power slam. Then Dustin picked up the chair. Marshall rolled to the floor. Anthony Gogo stood on the apron and mo Roto entered the ring and um Dustin bashed the wooden chair over Comroto's head and shattered it, but Kamroto no sold it. And then we went to commercial break. Then we come back from commercial, we're backstage with the Elite in their nice posh trailer. And Don Callis says he's a student of history. And he says there has never been an assembly of talent like this. Callis says Kenny is about to become the Impact World Champion. Yes, he is going one-on-one against the Impact World Champion, Rich One. His, Rich One's title is up for grabs. And a, the AEW Championship is up for grabs on Sunday night on pay-per-view. Brought to you by Impact Wrestling, known, as the pay-per-view is called Rebellion. So, That's where we might see a paradigm shift in the world of professional wrestling. Matt Jackson continues on and says that they are the reason why popularity in wrestling went up in Japan. Nick Jackson says this is called all elite wrestling, not all Moxley and Kingston wrestling. They sang the Three's Company song, come on, knock on my door. Someone's waiting for you. And then Omega started talking. Suddenly a horn was Honking nonstop outside. They looked out the window. Omega asked for somebody to get the guy to shut the Ross up. They showed Moxley and Kingston outside. Moxley drove the pickup truck into the side of the trailer. Come on, you're damaging property. Hopefully, you have good insurance. All state. Um, Mo- <laughs> Kingston and Moxley circled the trailer. Moxley broke the window with a pipe. They busted. Into the trailer, Moxley said they weren't even in it. I don't think they really wanted that smoke or play no games, Moxley says. Where did they go? And then bit and Kingston said, bitch ass motherfuckers. And Moxley threw the pipe at the window. It almost hit Kingston. Kingston says he could have at least waited until Kingston was on the way. Kingston says he loved Moxley, but come on, time to go. So where the blood clot did the elite go? They were in the trailer, and then when these guys showed up to ambush them, they were no longer in the trailer. So some magical, mystical things. Maybe they talked to Alexa Bliss or The Fiend and figured out how to disappear out of a trailer without anybody seeing them, or Chris Angel or David Copperfield. Who knows? We go into match number five of the night, folks. That is Paras Hobbs going up against Christian Cage. The finish of match number five on this program came when Hobbs countered a... Christian spear then landed a hip attack for a two count. Cage came back with a sleeper. A minute later, Hobbs powered out and slammed Christian into the turnbuckle. Christian countered Hobbs', Hobbs stampede set, set up with the kill switch for the win. And Taz says he was in shot because Taz was back on commentary again. After Max Starks or Ricky Starks limped out selling his in, his um, ankle injury from earlier in the program, and he checked on Hobbs and looked up at Christian. There was a soundbite that aired with my favorite wrestler in AEW, Jay Cargill, saying every manager in AEW is looking to sign her right about now. The soundbite also aired with, had with Vicky Guerrero and Matt Hardy, which are managers in AEW. Jay says she does not need a matter because she's our own boss, so... It would have to take a hell of a rotted deal for her to sign with anybody that is a manager in AEW. And we go to commercial, which takes us to the main event of the evening. Folks, that is Darby Allin, the reigning defending TNT champion, defending his belt against Jungle Boy. With Luchasaurus in his corner, and the finish of this TNT Championship match came when Jungle Boy lifted Darby Allen into a surfboard, then shifted into another sn- uh, snare trap mid ring. Darby T's tapping, but he pulled on. Um, Jungle Boy's hair and gouged his eyes. Excalibur said the only th- that was the only thing that Jung- um Darby Allen could do. Ross says that wasn't really sportsmanlike, but it was the only thing he could do. Then Jungle Boy battered um Darby Allen with palm strikes, then a sunset flipped then he sunset flipped Darby. Darby rolled through and applied the last supper for a leverage pin to win and retain his TNT championships in about 14 minutes the match lived up to all of the, all the expectations and it seems like it's a little tease for more to come between these two down the line and then after the match um ethan page from hamilton ontario canada and scorpio sky attacked darby allen then lance archer came out for the save going after page and sky page And Sky fought back. Then Sting came out with his baseball bat. Sky and Paige left. And Sting pointed his bat at them. And that was the end of the April 21st, 2021 edition of AEW Dynamite. A lot of moving parts at the end of the show. So that's all that went down on AEW Dynamite this this week hopefully you got your fix from your boy drew um but before i get out of here and go play some road to the show on mlb the show 21 the next time you hear me chat about the things called professional wrestling will be the grateful yard presents friday night smackdown in a 30 minutes or less if you've missed any of my past episodes go on to spotify Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor.fm. Type in the Grateful Yardy. And Grateful is spelled G-R, the number eight, F-U-L. And you'll find you f- or wherever you get your favorite podcast and go back and listen to some of the old episodes. You can also check out my Facebook page that is Facebook at the Grateful Yardy. And I know I'm rambling on and I'm talking a little bit too much, but I have on some good cushion alcohol. And trust me, when you're on that, you're flying high. Especially being on lockdown during this damn coronavirus thing for like the 54th time. Candid. get your mind right. But until next time, God bless. Stay grateful. No, let me just get it right. God bless. Stay safe. Remain grateful. Peace.